Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. been a couple of days ago but Sacramento yeah. Kings are winning some basketball games come on Zell. they do not know what Sacktown brings when on the low that's a Sacktown thing talking about us it's a bounce out thing must they forgot we some Sacramento Kings whole squad going crazy yeah we back with it Northern Cali going crazy one sack winning if you doubted us then ain't no back spinning this is real right here ain't no catfishing uh so tell me what you see now coming down the lane off the rebound it's 916 now look towards the sky like the beam now tell them like the beam hey. like, the, like the beam now you can tell them you can tell them that like boy the young Dell. tell them like the beam hey. appreciate you so much for tapping in shout out to our man young Zell right there on the intro as always we welcome you in here to the monday February 5th edition of D-Lo and KC. I'm Damian Barling. The ultimate needle mover in God mode himself. Kenny Caraway. Acknowledge me. Is out today. Uh, hopefully he'll be back with us uh, later on this week. Uh, but our man KC is out. So we holding things down here today. Will Z is going to be with us. Coming up later on in the show. Because we've got a big one in Cleveland tonight. The Sacramento Kings take on. The red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavs, I don't know if y'all been paying attention. The Cavs have been winning a ton of basketball games. So we'll talk uh, a lot about them. We'll talk a lot about uh, that matchup. And then, of course, our man James Ham from the Insiders uh, will join us coming up in the 3 o'clock hour. And whoever else wants to join us can join us. Kyle's here. Jesse's here. Uh, we in good shape today. Uh, even though our partner in crime is out. Uh, the Sacramento Kings won two over the weekend. Shout out to everybody who came through Sky River Casino on Friday. Uh, what a great night it was. We were pulled in a lot of different directions following the broadcast, but it was so dope to see, uh, one, how many cap- people came for the live show. That's always uh, just an amazing feeling that I share with everybody that you guys come out and watch this show live and then hung out and watched basketball. Um, a tremendous environment, a great place uh, to watch games. And, you know, for anyone who came through, I'm so, I'm so sorry we were pulled in so many different directions uh, that day, but there's a lot going on at Sky River Casino that we were a part of. And uh, it was great to be able to uh, run out of one of our meetings and celebrate with everybody as the Sacramento Kings beat the Indiana Pacers. And it was like, okay, this is already a really, really positive road trip. We had talked, you know, following – we had talked following the last game when they when they lost to uh, Miami. Like, hey, I, I, I'm going to put a little bit more emphasis, whether fair or unfair, you know, just or unjust. I'm going to put a little more emphasis on this Indiana game, not because it's Indiana, not because it's Tyrese, not because they, you know, beat us in Sacramento. No, nothing like that. But, like, they had won. They had lost four in a row. They had won four in a row. Okay, the win streak snaps. You lose Miami. Now what? Can you regroup right away and go out and beat a tough Indiana team? And that's exactly what they did. Uh, That's what I wanted to see 
The win in Chicago, though I think they're a much better basketball team than the Chicago Bulls, that was the cherry on top. The second night of a back-to-back, probably a little bit of emotion uh, in the Indiana game, and I think that's always going to be the case uh, between these two teams, whether uh, acknowledged or not. There's always going to be a, a little a little something there, a little something extra when those two teams play, and I think there's always something extra when you're playing a Eastern Conference team that beat you last time. Um, so the fact that they got that dub and then went out and beat Chicago and I already see uh, securing the bag lane, you're talking about, yeah, they almost blew a 30-point lead, LOL. I mean, I, yeah, so what? The 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 Milwaukee Bucks did blow a third. They blew a lead to the Utah Jazz in the fourth quarter. That stuff happens far more than you guys are willing to acknowledge that it does. It happens all of the time in the league. I'm not saying it's not frustrating. I'm not saying that it didn't, like, yeah, it was frustrating watching that Chicago Bulls game. But we talk about this all of the time, man. Like, Phoenix? I just felt they were losing that Phoenix game. Like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You could see it. They were up seven. Texting. They, 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 they're going to lose this game, aren't they? I never thought they were losing the Chicago game. Yeah, they didn't win by 30. Okay. They didn't lose either. They got the job done. De'Aaron Fox had 41 in that one. De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox not only had 41. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about, I think, with that Chicago game. I think there's a lot to talk about with both of these games. De'Aaron Fox, let's because I'm I'm starting with the wrong number. I'm starting with 41, and I don't want to be one of them, them, them people who gravitate towards points. De'Aaron Fox has had 11 steals in the last two games. De'Aaron Fox is now third in the league in steals. He's behind the league's beloved SGA. He's behind another certified all-star in Donovan Mitchell. And then there he is, De'Aaron Fox. 1.8 steals per game on the season. Third in the league. He was as active over that back-to-back stretch with Indiana and Chicago as I think we've ever seen. He was everywhere in that game. And what he's doing defensively is what takes Sacramento and De'Aaron Fox to the next level. What Keegan has done defensively has been Phenomenal. Like Keegan guarding the best guarding the best player on the other team for 48 minutes in some cases, or you know, you know what I mean, for an entire game. That's that's incredible. And the evolution of Keegan Murray both on the defensive end and the offensive end is likely the Sacramento Kings future. But De'Aaron Fox elevating on the defensive end right now, hmm. I think that's a big reason that we're looking at what we're looking at with Sacramento. A 5-1 and one road trip right now from Sacramento. Now you stretch out. Now is where you get into that conversation uh, that Kenny has brought up a couple of times about, hey, it's not just the four-game winning streak. It's not just the fact that they've won six of their last seven. Yeah, it was a tough loss to the Pacers. That was great. They played really well against Phoenix, you know, with the exception of the final seven minutes. They played a really good 41 minutes of basketball. It's not enough. I'm not suggesting it's enough. But they did. And then you had the Bucks game where they were fantastic. Missed free throws. Let Dame do what he do. You took an L. Got your ass kicked by Philadelphia, but then you go beyond that, and you've got a Hornets win right there. You've got a Pistons win. Take it a step further. Y'all want blowout wins. Bad basketball teams. Okay, you got a blowout win against Charlotte. You got a blowout win against Detroit. And so now the sample size, and if I date this back, that's January 9th. We're looking at nearly a month. A month-long sample size with some L's in there. But a month-long sample size of, it's a, it's a good team. This team's playing good ball. The Miami game is tough to make heads or tails of because I didn't think they played great in that one. I actually thought they I thought they were in a really good position to win that game because Miami didn't play at all like I expected. 
I thought Miami was going to come out just hot, and they didn't. And when Sacramento made that run in the second quarter, I thought, hey, Kings might get this one. Kings leave Miami with a win. Boy, that is major, major. But it didn't happen. But I'd argue like they weren't awful in that game. I just don't think they were particularly good. It wasn't their best basketball. But again, the sample size, like this isn't to me what we're seeing from the Sacramento Kings right now. And I think what makes Kings fans antsy is we're four days away from the trade deadline. But what I see from Kings basketball right now is not what we saw in October or November. That's not what I'm seeing from this basketball team. I'm seeing, and I mean, no one is, because now the biggest difference is it's it's clearly you've got two starters playing like starters again. Herter and Harrison weren't great against Chicago, but I don't even have any beef with how they played. Especially because of the way De'Aaron was playing, the way Malik was playing, and the way Trey Lyles was playing. Malik, we're going to talk about that as the show progresses, but Malik is back. We've been waiting for that for a couple of games, and he brought Trey Lyles with him. And I think that just goes to show you what an important, like Malik is just the center of that universe for this second team. But De'Aaron on the defensive end, oh, he's playing like he got an attitude. And I don't think it has anything to do with the All-Star game because we've talked about this on Friday. We don't need to keep rehashing it. I I believe Fox 100%. I don't think De'Aaron cares. I don't think he cares about the accolades. I don't think he cares about the acknowledgement. And I sure as hell don't think he cares about going to Indiana. I don't think it's that. I think it's the next evolution of De'Aaron Fox's game, which is amazing because we always talk about what's next for De'Aaron, what's next for De'Aaron, what's next for De'Aaron. Can his scoring ramp up a little bit? Can his three-point percentage ramp up a little bit? Can his free throw percentage ramp up a little bit? Yes, yes, and yes. The next question was, is what can De'Aaron do defensively? And the signs of De'Aaron Fox being a top-tier, potentially an all-defensive player, have been there for years. We'll talk a lot more about that. We're just getting started. It's Dilo McKay. I'm solo today. Got Jesse with me, though. Got you with me, though. Phone lines are open for you, 916-909-1320 if you want to get in here. Salute to the Chatty House on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about Malik Monk. We're going to talk about De'Aaron Fox. We'll do the one Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I was just talking through that whole commercial break, and Jesse was like, hey, man, you might want to shut up. We're coming back. Just letting you vibe out today. No, I appreciate it. We're talking about the Grammys, talking about Raw or SmackDown, and um, again, thanking everybody who came through. Katrina made sure Donut Friday went uh, out at Sky River Casino, and those things came in clutch because – 
Uh, Kenny and I went over to check out the new humidor that is opening inside Sky River Casino. And so between the two glasses of bourbon I had during the show and the two glasses of bourbon I had after the show, with a complete lack of food, uh, it made for a tough night until I realized that Katrina came through, Katrina and Ramsey came through uh, with some donuts that I had stashed away. So that got me kind of settled down as I was eating some of the things in the uh, in the humidor, which is going to be fire. It's going to open up this month, but that's the spot. That is just going to be an incredible place to hang out, man. We had a great time there. The it's a it's a it's a it's a five star experience for sure. The humidor at Sky River Casino is a five star experience, man. You're going to love it uh, if that's your bag. And even if it's not your bag, I still think you're going to love it because KC isn't a cigar smoker, and he was smoking one. Uh, my man Kevin from the Wake Up Call. I don't think he's a big cigar smoker. He had one. Like there were there they, they they find what suits you, and they they get you in a good place. Uh, so we had a good time, and of course it was all amplified by the fact that the Sacramento Kings beat the Indiana Pacers on Friday, and we're doing our best to kind of follow that game live so we can, you know, run back next door at 32 Bruce Street and kind of have some idea of what was going on, and it felt like the stories uh, were pretty familiar. Fox was playing incredible. Sabonis was playing incredible. HB was having one of his games, and the long-awaited return of Malik Monk happened. Uh, Malik Monk, 23 points in that one on 9 of 14 shooting, and the best part is he just kept it going into Chicago. 22 points in that one, 55 game, 55 points uh, in the last two games uh, for Malik. And, I don't know, coincidentally or not, Malik had a big outing. Trey had a big outing. And we all know those are the two kind of centerpieces of, I mean, really Malik is the centerpiece of the King's second unit. Right, but Trey Lyles has always been an incredibly important piece because he is just a chill bucket maker. And again, it's no accident, at least in my opinion, it's no accident that you see Trey Lyles' scoring numbers go up in these last two games, coinciding with the fact Malik Monk's playmaking numbers are back. Those assist numbers are back in addition to a scoring. And that's what we look at headed into this trade deadline. We could talk about the Kyle Kuzmas and the Jeremy Grants and a shout-out Zach Levine. He's ruled out for the season, and obviously there's 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 not going to be a trade there. Not that I, I, I truthful, I genuinely don't believe there was ever any real conversation with Chicago about a deal there. There might have been internal conversations about Zach Levine, but I think they were all pretty unrealistic, especially, you know, given the way that James laid it out financially for us and what we just discussed here a minute ago. You know, there's tax aprons now. This is this is where those tax aprons really start to come into play is when you have three high paid players on your team like that, three of the highest paid players in the league on your team at one time, you know, that that's who your team is. That's who you are. There's not much else you could do after that. It threw the Malik Monk thing into in the in the question. Whether if you went and acquired him, what you could do. You know, it created a lot more questions than answers. But that's gone. And I don't even know how realistic some of the other deals are. The Kyle Kuzma stuff, the Jeremy Grant stuff, the unknown player of that ilk. I don't know how realistic any of that stuff is. But I think what Sacramento is genuinely looking for is how to bolster that bench a little bit. How to make sure there's not such a fall off when you get to players six, seven, and eight if Malik Monk isn't cooking. We used to have this discussion about De'Aaron Fox. And in some cases we do, I, I, I don't think, I mean, when Malik and De'Aaron are both off, it's tough business for Sacramento. But we've seen games where De'Aaron has been off and Malik has picked up the slack. Or we've seen games where De'Aaron has been off and, and, and Keegan's cooked a little bit that game. But 
it feels like an incredible amount of pressure on Malik Monk to, yeah, he can't be off. He can't miss. Like literally or figuratively, he can't he can't be off a game. Because so far, no one has been able to step in in his absence. If the air is down, Malik can step in in his absence. Or Domas can. Or now, I guess, Harrison Barnes can. You know, there's a variety of guys who have shown they can step into that role. That's not really the case with that second group. And we've seen that second group fluctuate like we saw Kessler Edwards minutes. We saw impactful Kessler Edwards minutes. Didn't score. But anybody who watched that game against the Pacers, yo, you saw Kessler Edwards out there. He was working. And sometimes, sometimes I think, sometimes I think, or at least one, that's all Mike's looking for. A guy like Kessler Edwards, just be out there, be active. Let me see you work. Let me see you have an impact. You don't have to be five of six from the field. You don't have to be anything from the field. You have to be active on the defensive end. You have to be active on the glass. And it seems like there's been a new, I'm I'm, I'm going to keep saying this until someone just flat out says it was wrong. That stretch, that stretch of days where there was one game in like a eight, seven, eight day stretch. Something, something was said and something clicked for virtually everyone involved. For Harrison, for Kevin Herter, hell, I'm not sure that something didn't click for Kessler Edwards. I'm not sure that something didn't click for Davion Mitchell. Davion's the one I think I always want a little bit more from. Like, I don't look at Davion and Kessler Edwards as the, like, I don't, not, that's not the same barometer to me. Like, if Kessler gets out there, you see he's active, you see he's busting his ass, you see he's contributing on the defensive end, you see he's picking up his assignments, he's being where he's supposed to be, you see he's a coach's film dream. I'm good with that. Because I don't think I have any other expectations for Kessler Edwards. Kessler got here, I wasn't even sure what he was other than he was a long wing defender who I knew would be playing limited minutes, so I wasn't really sure what to think of it. Like, what's it matter? But Davion, those aren't my expectations for Davion. Because Davion, I think, can create. Davion, I think, can work on the offensive end. Obviously, he's incredible on the defensive end, but there's a lot that I think he could do on the offensive end. And so when he doesn't, when he plays good minutes and he, and he, and he has like little to no impact on the defensive end or, or the offensive end, it's not like, oh, man, it's, it's not frustrating. It's just like, man, I feel like there's more there. And there has to be some impact from that second unit on the offensive end. And you go back to we had some really starter-heavy games where they won, but you can look at some of those losses and go, man, you have one starter off and no one in the second unit contributing, and that could be that could be a beast. Shoot, go back to go look at the Miami game. Not a not a not a shot at all. Harrison's been playing fantastic. But when you look at Harrison's stretch over the last, you know, eight, nine, ten games, and we'll do that here in a few minutes, he had nine points in that one. All right, you get to the second unit. There's no double-digit scorer in the second unit, and that's where that's where I talk about that pressure on Malik. That's where I talk about that pressure like, man, it feels like Malik can't be off. It feels like you can't miss with, with Malik. Especially if Davion is out there doing stuff on the defensive end, and, you know, he's never, he's never going to be a huge contributor – He's never regularly going to be a huge contributor on the offensive end. But he's he's another one of those guys who you don't feel he's not invisible. Like we use that term a lot. As Casey used to talk about, Harrison Barnes to start this season was invisible a lot. You just wouldn't see him. Box score be damned. You just wouldn't see him do anything on the floor. That's never the case with Davion. When Davion is getting consistent minutes, you see him out there working. But he's probably not going to do what Malik Monk is capable of doing on the offensive end. He's probably not even going to do 
regularly, at least what Trey Lyles is capable of doing on the offensive end. So you got to have somebody. It's great to have that defensive stalwart on the uh, on the second unit, but you've got to have someone who can contribute on the offensive end. And if it's not Malik, who's it going to be? And maybe your hope is those games don't happen. Maybe if you're Sacramento, maybe if you're Monty McNair. Your hope is, yeah, Malik's not going to have very many of those games. Maybe you have that talk with Trey Lyles, like, hey, if you feel like Malik is off, we need to find a way to make sure you get your shots. And maybe that's a Davion conversation, too. Hey, if Malik, if, if, if Malik's having one of those days where just things aren't dropping for him, it's on you now. You got to hope. You got to help Trey Lyles get cooking here. Or, <laughs> this is a great point by Scaring the Bagley. Scaring the Bagley says, or you hope that happens when everyone else is balling out. That's the other part. And it, and it, and it's happened. It's happened on a couple of occasions because Malik has had some, you know, Malik has had a, 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 a rough stretch. He's had a rough stretch. But the Kings have won those, he, the, the Kings have won a lot of those games. Miami was one where they didn't. He wasn't playing well. HB had an off night for, you know, the new, the new version of Harrison Barnes. He's had a little bit of an off night in that one. And that's where, that's where you look to this Thursday. If that big deal isn't out there, and I don't think it is, what are we looking at? And let me ask you. Listening, chatty house, whatever it may be, 916-909-1320. How realistic, again, we know Malik is, you know, he had a little a little lull, but he was also a monster earlier. Malik has the most 20 and 5 games off the bench. 20 points and 5 assists. He has the most in the entire league off the bench. Mike brought it up last year, and given the given the debacle we just saw in All Star voting or the All Star selections, how realistic is it for Malik Monk to win Six Man of the Year? Anyone think that's a real possibility? Again. This is coming on the heels of that debacle of an all-star selection. No love for De'Aaron. No love for Domas. And we're asking ourselves, will those people recognize what Malik Monk is doing? Malik has been really, really special off the bench. And it's so funny to me. You know, I, I, you know, I know we talked about this Friday but I just found the narrative around winning in that all-star selection so funny. Because it's not like the Sacramento Kings are losing, and I'm not even going to use the examples of Steph Curry and Anthony Davis. I'm not going to use those examples. I'm just going to compare and contrast it to last year. If the Sacramento Kings were rewarded for winning in getting all-star selections of De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. The fact that their record is basically the same seems to have swayed no one, or they don't know that. And that's the part that I can't get over. That's the part that I, I, I'm not sure that I have a true answer to. Do they know the people who cast these votes? And shoot, we're talking about coaches. Do they know that Sacramento has essentially the same record that they did last year where you allegedly rewarded them for winning? But this is just their placement in the standings. They're two slots lower. The long, the long, hard road of Minnesota finally being number one after these same people built this Minnesota team up for the last three years and were wrong. Okay, they're, they're finally at the top. It took, that's another fascinating thing about Sacramento. Sacramento came out of nowhere. 
No one expected Sacramento to do what they did last year, and they've maintained it. That's the other part. There wasn't this gradual growth. There wasn't this gradual build. There wasn't this groundswell to like, oh, hey, something's cooking in Sacramento. It wasn't that. Hell, we got into the season. We were well into the season before people started talking about, hey, there's something cooking in Sacramento. We might have been as far, yo, we might have been as late as March before people really believed it. Because remember, don't forget, don't let people change history. Don't forget what was supposed to happen last year after the trade deadline. And after the All-Star break, don't forget that. Remember, everything was going to ramp up. Everything was going to get much more difficult. Oh, it could be one bad week and you're the fifth seed or the sixth seed or the seventh seed. The best team in the NBA for a pretty lengthy stretch was Sacramento. No one said anything about that. So Sacramento takes that spot. Came out of nowhere. No groundswell. No build. Playoffs. Puts on the most entertaining series in the playoffs. And then just picks up where they left off. Looked a little bit different. I get it. Some of the losses have stunk. I get it. Some of the wins have been close. I get it. It's about the same. But these writers, the people who cover the league, they feel so vindicated because after being wrong for like three years on Minnesota, they can finally say, God damn it, we were right. We told you. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, we told you guys. They were a flop last year when you said they were going to be good. They were a flop. Y'all have been waiting for this team to be good since they broke the playoff streak with Jimmy Butler. And now finally they are. And even though they were wrong for three, four, five years, they feel vindicated now. And, oh, y'all know who their favorite is. Oh, they love them some Sam Presti. Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder. All those stars they had wanted out. Kevin Durant left them. Paul George didn't really want to be there. Russell Westbrook left. Oh, and they just, they have beautifully sculpted this team with assets for days. And they went and got Shea Gildress Alexander in this in this deal that, in, that involved Paul George and set their team up for the future. And they have, now, I don't think they've been wrong about this team. But they couldn't wait for this moment. It's funny how you bring it up because if the NBA media likes you, they'll give you time to. Oh, yeah. Thunder, they've been doing this for about five, six years, however long. Oh, yeah. Minnesota's been at it for a while. The Kings, they they made the playoffs last year, and then all of a sudden it was, well, you're not going to win it with Sabonis or whatever, so you got to make that move now. And it's only been a year. Well, then it became, what are you going to do now? Exactly. That didn't happen with... That that hasn't happened with Minnesota. That hasn't happened with Oklahoma City. It's just like, no, okay, Sacramento, y'all did that last year. Now what are you going to do? Boy, when you don't have the media on your side, it's different. It's different, and that's what's happening here. What's what's wrong with Sacramento? Like, why do you think they don't get the love? I still think it's the I still think it's the stigma of the poorly run franchise. I think it's still. I don't think one. I don't think Monty McNair, and that's really where this discussion should begin. It should begin with Monty McNair. Monty McNair hasn't been able to shake that. One playoff appearance hasn't been able to shake that. And every single one of those guys, every single one of those men and women that cover this league, deep down, they want Sacramento to fail so they can point back to the Tyrese Domas trade and then say this is the same franchise that missed the playoffs for 16 years. They want it all to tie together so, so desperately. That's such a tough way to live covering the league, man. It's crazy. Willsey literally um, put the message in the chat last week. He's, he's um, so Domas is putting up Will, Will Chamberlain, Chamberlain type numbers. Yep. Fine. No one cares. Yeah, we're not yeah. putting you in the All-Star That's game. That's all good. Yeah. Fox is what? Top ten in scoring, I think it is top eight. Top, yeah, he was top. I think he was ninth the day the 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 All Stars were named. Yeah, who cares? Nope, no All Star game for you. And I think what was the it, it, again? This is my opinion. Trey Young will be Julius Randle's replacement, which will make De'Aaron Fox 
the only player in the top 18 of scoring that doesn't make the all-star team. It's funny because like you see Kings fans on Twitter like, okay, these are the rules like you put for us last, um, last time or whatever before. We weren't winning or whatever. We had guys who putting up numbers, but we weren't winning or whatever, so we couldn't get him in. Now we're doing the winning, and it's just like now the goalposts have moved again. Well, it's fun. See, and it, <laughs> right, the goalposts have moved because you know who they're not talking about? Oh. They're not talking about their beloved Phoenix Suns. They don't want to remind you half of them picked Phoenix to win the NBA Finals. Lil D'Lo and KC, our little old radio show in here in Sacramento, was like, hey, yo, that, mm-mm. That ain't going to happen. Yeah, that team could be really dangerous, but they're they're top-heavy, and they get hurt. And, hey, salute to Kevin Durant. He's been healthy almost the entire year. Brad's been hurt like three times. I mean, he was phenomenal last night. Salute to him. He's been hurt like three times. Devin Booker's been hurt twice. And this team is below Sacramento at 29 and 21. No problem, though. Yeah. Here, it's all good. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Because deep down, it's the it's the it's the post trade deadline all star ramp up thing again. In their mind, they convince themselves that Phoenix is not what we've seen, and they're just going to ramp up the second part of the season. You look at what LA is doing, and many of you, many of them will use the Clippers as the example. There's one glaring difference: the Clippers have been healthy. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and James Harden have played ball together this year. They're not trying to figure it out on the fly. Since James Harden got there, they took their lumps. There's a little buffer right there. To start this whole thing. And since then, they've been the hottest team in the league. It's, it's almost like these awards, it's almost like it's a high school type popularity contest, like a prom queen, prom king type of stuff. It's just, it's all just for, po- it's all popularity. It doesn't and, matter what you're actually doing. And it's, it's, and, and the funny, like, and I'm it's, fine. It's, it's comical. And, but I'm fine with that being the case with fans. Like, that's what fans should do. Pick your favorites, vote for them, support them, all of that. But these hoes that cover the league. It's the media doing it. Like, the, 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 and, and I think it was, I think it was Kevin Durant that once called the media a bunch of cheerleaders. I think he was speaking specifically about LeBron in this case. But he's right. Media are a bunch of cheerleaders. Not all of them, not all of them. Some very fine media here locally that covered the game nationally. I don't think, and I, I'm, I don't think Mark Spears is a cheerleader. I don't think Sam Amick is a cheerleader. Yeah, no, 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 it's not everyone, but it's just like there is like a, like a <laughs> decent amount or whatever. Where it's just like they are cheerleaders, and it's funny now because they're in so deep where it's like if something's not going the way they think, they'll just twist it around just where it makes no sense. That reminded me of something. And hey, salute, hey, shout, this brother has has made a living off of LeBron James. And I'm, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's good at his job. He's not my cup of tea, but he's made an, a living a living off of LeBron James, and that's Brian Winters. I saw an alert pop up early this morning while I was while I was training, and it said LeBron James was sending a message to the Los Angeles Lakers with the towel, and I had no clue what that meant, and it was attributed to ESPN, and I was like, that's absolutely Brian Winters. I don't even know what this means, but it's Brian Winters. It caused me to stop and look, and I guess when LeBron was doing his post-game interview, he had a Knicks towel, like, you know, the towels that they use. Instead of a Lakers towel, it was a Knicks towel. And Brian Winters' big thing was, that's LeBron James sending a message to the Los Angeles Lakers. (sighs) All right, man. Or he had to go do a post-game interview. He was sweaty, and they threw him a towel, and it happened to be a Knicks towel. But, like, everything is so conspiratorial. Everything is so – I've got to get you to listen to this podcast. It's almost like Twitter's taking over um, covering the league. That's the perfect way of putting it. The way you cover the league now is just just go look at Twitter. That's it. That's the league. Clicks, hearts, and retweets. That's all we're talking. And the Sacramento Kings, they're on the short end of that. It's great to see De'Aaron Fox in the top 15 of, of, of jersey sales because that means now he's transitioning outside of Sacramento. But, man, for a player who, in my estimation, could be and is one of the most exciting players in the league, that's a long road for him. That's a long road for him, and you hope that people 
see through some of this nonsense that's out there in the media and recognize, yo, the Sacramento Kings, one, are fun to watch, two, are really good. And part of the reason they're really good right now are Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter. We'll talk about those two and their impact on this Sacramento Kings team when we return here. Get on these phone lines if you'd like. KC's out for the day, 916-909-1320. See the one KC brought to you by Sky River Casino on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. KC's out for the day. Riding solo, my man Jesse with me, Uh, 916-909-1320. If you want to get in on the phone lines, I do like our little conspiracy theory conversation regarding LeBron James. I wouldn't even call it a conspiracy theory either, to be honest. Because like I said, I, I'm more so tying this to like how everything was before he went to the Lakers too. Because there was a lot of smoke going into that maybe a year or two before. There's always been a lot of smoke with LeBron James. He's Lakers. always he's calculated too. I know we like he is. We, we play around with the like the LeGM stuff and all yeah. that, but he is calculated. He is. No, nah, he definitely is. But I still. So, the the question during the break was. Do you think LeBron James is playing for another team next year? You definitively said yes, and you'll take take it a step further. You think it's the Knicks? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say he plays for the Knicks next year. He's got he's got a player option going into next season too, so that's why we're talking about all this. He has a player option. The Knicks immediately become title contenders. Easily, they're probably the they'll, they'll they'll call the Knicks the best team in the East. Unless he signs with Cleveland. And that's the one I'm kind of hung up on is does he go finish it in Cleveland? I hope not, honestly. Why? What's wrong? That'd be so boring. You already went went back to Cleveland. We already did that. Cleveland already got their moment. Like, we need New York. Are you? Oh, okay. uh, uh, We need Hollywood. Kenny Carrier, Caraway Tapia here. Are you? So you you want the the Knicks to be near the top of the, potentially at the top of the Eastern Conference? I'm, like, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It'd be, it'd be great for the league. Ratings would be up. Why? Why, Silver, why do we, we say we got that? The, we, got the, we got the media deal coming up, the Adam Knicks, Silver. Why we do need, we do we that? Bag. Why do we do that? Do what? The, the Knicks were insignificant for years, and the league was fine. But we convince ourselves that, oh, the league would be so much better if the Knicks were the league. And someone said that on TV the other day. Oh, the Man, the, the league is in a better place when the Knicks are good. Like, based on what metric? Well, just think about, like, Knicks going, like, a five-game losing streak. The Heat, LeBron, is gonna, like, it's just provocative. It'll get the people going. Okay. It'll be good. All right. And like you said, they'll be a good team, too. No, they will be. But I think Cleveland will be, too. Yeah. Either, but... either Le, Le, LeBron walks on to Cleveland or New York, they're instantly the second-best team, potentially, the very best team in the Eastern Conference. But it's they they ascend past Philadelphia, who has a whole host of problems right now with the Joel Embiid injury. They pass Milwaukee, who's still a bit of a Milwaukee man. It feels like they're hanging by a string. Um like if this season doesn't go the way that they want to, man, I don't I don't know I don't know what they do next if this season doesn't go the way that they want to. But it feels like they're still – it feels like firing Adrian Griffin didn't fix everything. Oh, yeah, definitely not. But another thing, going back to the Knicks real quick, too, you saw the report that um, uh, Leon Rose and um, Rich Paul fixed their relationship and all that, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, that I came out this weekend. <laughs> all right. You see, that? that's the no, one right there. No, I got that's you. the one right there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it is. That's, that's, that's strategic. Okay. I see you. We got Lazy on the line, by the way. Lazus, 916-909-1320. What's up, Lazy? D-Lo and Jesse. What's going on, guys? What's up, baby? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, I just want to get in on the uh, LeBron talk real quick. Hey, D-Lo, I definitely agree with you. I, I could really see LeBron going back to the Cavs. I mean, they have the better roster to me. If LeBron goes to the Knicks, like, you already see Randall's out. If it's just LeBron and Jalen Brunson, I don't know how far they really go. And also well, last OG year, Ananobi's uh, there too, and they've been playing out of this world since he got there. Yeah, OG's been great. Uh, but my my other question was, uh, we're talking about LeBron leaving. Why isn't it ever like talked about make, maybe moving Anthony Davis? Like I know he's injury prone, but there'll be some times where he puts together some good games. Wouldn't you want to try to get something for his valuable and keep LeBron in LA? Well, like, I don't know. Well, we're not we're not talking about trading LeBron. I think that's the that's the gist of it. We're not talking about trading LeBron. LeBron can sign anywhere. LeBron can not pick up his player option and sign anywhere he wants to next year. Yeah, no matter what after the offseason, he's getting a new contract, whether it be the Lakers or someone. Yeah, so it it's really boils down to 
does he want to legitimately go win a championship with a team like New York or Cleveland? And if so, how much is he willing to play for that? Because he's, I don't think there's a scenario where he can make max money or even near max money on either one of those teams. Yeah, I'm not sure what their cap situation is, but looking at it too, it's like if you like those are the three teams. Like staying with the Lakers is the one where your chance. It's the worst one. Yeah, it's the yeah, worst. Yeah, it's the worst one. one. Yeah. So if he's still trying to win, then yeah, I'm out of there. And I think that's a. I don't. I. I. That team is struggling to get. That that team is just struggling. Period. And I think there's a. But I think a lot of that's LeBron too. I think there's a a certain there's a certain level of anxiety that goes with playing LeBron James, right? And it's a championship or bust every year. Like the expectation for LeBron James is to win a championship every year. At minimum, it's to be in the NBA Finals. And I think we see a lot of teams, I think we see a lot of players struggle with that. And I think that's what we've seen. Shoot, I think to a certain degree, Anthony Davis has struggled with that. It's not for everybody. It isn't. Yeah, not everyone's built that way. And LeBron is built differently. It's not. It's no different than Kobe. Like Kobe went through this. Kobe's not built the same way. It's the famous Jimmy uh, Kimmel clip with that them celebrating, you know, being nine and forty or whatever oh, yeah, they Kobe's were just sitting there in the straight face. Yeah. Kobe Bryant, like, not everyone is wired like that. That's exactly how LeBron James would do it. Like those those guys are wired differently, and some can't take that type of pressure, and that's a tremendous amount of pressure uh, to be a teammate, a coach or a general manager of a team that has LeBron James on it, particularly at this stage in his career where you know uh, his time now is more limited. He's still playing at an extremely high level, and he feels like he could bring a franchise his fifth title, sixth title, seventh title, and so on. Does he get one more? We'll give him three Mm. years or whatever. You pick where he goes. Does he get one more? Not with the Lakers. Yeah, I agree with that. If he leaves, if he leaves, I say yes, he gets one more. But he's not getting one in L.A. Yeah, that's they can't figure it out. That that, and I think part of it, unfortunately, is Anthony Davis. Like I, I don't think they can figure out how to make all of that stuff work together. Uh, they can't figure it out the way Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter have figured it out. Those two have played really, really well. We have focused a lot on Kevin Herter over the course of the last couple of weeks. And Harrison Barnes' last seven games, we need to take a look at. You go back and you look at HB, the first 41 games of the season. This is incredible. First 41 games of the season, Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes averaged 7.6 field goal attempts and 10.6 points per game. In the last seven He's averaged 15 field goal attempts per game, eight three-point attempts, and 20 points per game. He's averaging 36 minutes per game in the last seven games. A seven-game sample size is a really good sample size. It's not nearly as big as a 41-game sample size, and this is the angst that Kings fans are left with because you want to believe that this team is good you want to believe that this team is doing the right things. You want to believe this team is trending in the right direction. But you are also looking at a limited sample size. That 20 points per game does include a couple of nine-point outings, and then it includes like a 39-point outing and a 32-point outing. So it's not like he's just been scoring 20 across the board you know, for the last seven games. He still had those same ups and downs. It's just the ups have been way higher than anything we've seen from Harrison Barnes this season. And the lows, the lows are about what he was doing before the before before this run. So I think the two most encouraging things to take from Harrison's last 7 games. His minutes are up and there's a clear commitment from Mike Brown. His field goal attempts are up, which means even when he's not you know, on one of those hot streaks that we've seen him on a couple of times during this stretch. He's still getting his shots up. He's still being aggressive. And he's found a way to get eight three-point attempts up per game. I think that's the biggest thing for me is the fact that his field goal attempts are back up. Because I'm watching him all all the season. We come out of these games like, wait, Harrison Barnes had two points, and it's not like he went like one of nine or one of ten that day. No, he went one of two. Why is he only taking two shots? Yeah. So, like, um, I trust it a little bit more. Like, I'm not sure what – 
what it has to do with like the trade deadline and their plans and all that. But as far as if this is what like if this is what it is, I trust it a lot more just because he's getting his shots up now. Yeah, I don't think Kevin Herter, excuse me, I don't think Harrison Barnes has anything to do with the trade deadline. Well, I mean, as far as like, oh, now Harrison Barnes is like taking more shots. Now he's playing better. Maybe we don't make a move or something like that. I and, and but my, my I don't think they ever wanted to make a move for Harrison Barnes. I think maybe if there was a maybe if we're talking maybe if there's a Siakam conversation or an OG conversation, maybe Harrison is involved in that somehow. But outside of that, like I think their preference would be to trade. Kevin Herter instead. You you think what they're what they want to do is maybe bring in a guy like Kuzma and move Barnes to the bench. So the if, theory. If you, you trade for a guy like Kuzma, I'm assuming you're bringing in something pretty good, right? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.